Hello, hello. You're listening to The Heart of It, the official leadership arts podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and as always, I'm incredibly blessed to be your host. So uh, this week, um, we're going to take a little bit of a detour. Uh, my hope was to bring you Miss Amanda King and close out the Grateful Showcase, but uh, I had some issues with the audio file. It just was not a good quality file. Um, and, you know, my main objective with the Grateful Showcase is to highlight these individuals and really showcase them. And that file just does not do it justice. So I'm in the process of rescheduling with Amanda so I can bring her to you in all of her glory and really let her shine brightly on this podcast. Um, so this is kind of like an impromptu. We're going back to, you know, what's weighing on my heart. Um, what are some real life lessons or, or things that I feel compelled to share uh, with everyone. And we're, we're dealing with, regrets and this whole concept of having no regrets. And this is a statement that has kind of morphed over time for me uh, of what it means. Uh, it's a phrase that we commonly used and my younger self was probably a little more lenient when I would say it or how I believed that it materialized. But this past weekend, I had a very realistic, um, very realistic face-to-face -face confrontation with it uh, and really allowed me to begin to challenge myself on what I believe and what I articulate. And that is what I want to talk with you today. So um, today is a little different in context because I am going to get spiritual on you. <laughs> Uh, I, spirituality is a part of my life. It shows up sporadically throughout the podcast. This episode, um, is going to be faith-based. It's, uh, going to talk about my belief system. And so if that's something you're not interested in, then perhaps this is not the episode for you. And, uh, you can join me next week when we get back to something a little lighter, but necessary. So this uh, past week, uh, I was invited to visit a, a church that was not my own, and I attended the service. Um, and in closing remarks with the pastor, he made a comment uh, along the lines of, I wish I could change my past. And this statement um made by anyone would have an impact on me, but being made by a pastor, someone who is a leader, who people look to emulate, try to relate to, uh, really hit me in a way that was first uh, angry. <laughs> that was my first gut reaction was to, to get angry. But then the follow-up to that was sadness uh, and heartbreak. And the gist of the message was that, you know, if we don't give our life up to Jesus and to God, that um, we are just heavy, heavy sinners. And we are just um, people who can do no right. And that are just God. 
will come down and punish us accordingly. Uh, and this is uh, a God that is portrayed in, in the Bible. This is uh, not anything that is new. Um, and if you believe that and that serves you, then please um, allow that to continue to serve you. Because I do believe that there's teachers for every student, especially when it's coming to faith and spirituality. There are so many out there who teach in so many ways. That's why the Bible is interpreted in a million and one different ways, interpretations, um, translations, is so that all of us can find the teacher who can serve us and feed our soul to give us what we need uh, in this life to live it and be fulfilled. But the internal dialogue that I started to have, and I think the way that it rubbed me wrong, which once again, on these episodes, I want to share with you how I'm trying to stay in my path of alignment is thinking that I don't regret my past and I don't wish that I could change it because one of the things that whether I knew it in the moment or I've come to realize it now is that God, Jesus, the universe, whatever you want to call it, whoever this higher being, this higher power that is full of love has loved me unconditionally. And whether I wanted them there or not has been there and has been guiding me. And anything that has happened in my past, good, bad, or indifferent, um, has been preparing me for how I'm going to serve my greater purpose. And that's a lot of the work that I do. A lot of the clients that I work with now, the workshops that I'm running is helping people process that past to understand that they were lessons, not karma happening against them to prepare them for something so much greater, for such an abundant filled life, a purposeful, intentional life that is waiting for them just, just to pay attention. And whether you call that reconnecting to that internal voice, that quiet voice, once again, the universe, God, Jesus, whatever is your belief system, whatever higher power, higher being, there is some guiding force that is there. And so to have regrets, to want to change the past is wanting to change yourself. And I believe that we're all created in, in God's eye. We're all created beautiful and perfect and exactly as we should be. And I believe when we come to this place that everyone knows, I shouldn't say everyone knows, but he, she, this higher power knows exactly what we're going to do. Whatever we're, we're labeling as mistakes, um, whatever we are saying or our sins, he knows, he knows that we are going to do those things and he loves us despite that. He births us into this world as an incredible miracle. And anyone who is a parent can attest to that, that it is a miracle that we are able to give life, stay alive. Um, you know, when my youngest was in the NICU for 10 days and I got a privy into all of the 
contraptions that were attached to her to monitor her uh, and all the things that are basically coming alive within our body to keep us alive. Um, it's, it's a miracle that it all works and keeps working. Um, it's a miracle every single day till we get to adulthood. It's a miracle every day in adulthood that we are alive um, and we're alive for a purpose. And that purpose can be to connect with one person. It could be to connect with many. It could be to create some incredible work that is meant for this world that may not even change it until you are no longer here. But I always think about the great artists of the past. Um, my brother, who's an incredible artist, he always makes comments about how his work might be worth something um, when he passes on. But he's still creating a legacy. He's going to change the world one day. I have no doubt about it. If you look at any of his artwork, he is going to change the world. He's going to shift someone's perspective. His artwork being displayed anywhere. Um, I think about locally here in York, PA, as I'm hanging out downtown, there's so many places that locally let uh, local artists showcase their art in their restaurants and cafes. And looking at those pieces of art causes me to have a moment of internal reflection. You're those people are moving me, even though they're not present and may never fully understand who they have moved. You know, watching uh, the local organization downtown Creative York has a um, an event. It's called a Monster Draw Rally. I think that's what it's called. But anyways, these artists create for an hour and you watch them create these pieces and bring them to life. Um, and it's it's moving. It's beautiful watching someone create those things. And if you're not uh, an artist, if you're a leader, if you're somebody who is a role model in the workplace, whether it's a formal leadership position or not, because I have been to places where people are not formalized leaders, and yet these people have been huge, huge role models for me. And they may never know that. We're all called and all have a purpose. Um, and it's different for each of us. And I wholeheartedly believe that everything that we go through life, no matter how small or how big, how challenging or joyful, that it is preparing us for our greater calling. And so when we talk about faith, um, you know, at the end of this church service I attended, he uh, put a challenge out there for people to stand up and to and to basically give their life over to God. And starting today, then things are going to be different because of making that shift. And like I, I've already mentioned, you know, a lot of my work is going back and realizing that the lessons are there. And uh, I know I've given a sneak peek to my listeners on this podcast that I have a book coming out uh, in January. Uh, I actually am just starting to cycle out um, 
the book launch party invite on Facebook. So you want to go look for that. But on top of that, we're putting together some book tour dates. So that's coming uh, early spring. But um, January 2018, the book is called From Heart to Heart. And there is a, a uh, what do you call it? A blurb, not a blurb, a piece, a section. There's a chapter that directly talks about what we are discussing here, about when I finally started to make the decision to start talking about my faith, to start trusting in my faith, um, and really starting to make this connection all the way around. So today I want to close with this and share this excerpt. There you go. There it is. This excerpt from my uh, new book, my first book coming out in January, because uh, I think it's a nice little closure to kind of say, not say, but show how this all kind of comes together. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Um, and if you know anyone that this episode in particular can serve, I would appreciate it if you would share it. And as always, I love to hear your feedback. You can email me at Sam with two M's, S-A-M-M at leadershipisart.com. So here is the excerpt, excerpt from heart to heart. This truly was my first venture into the world of nonprofit board service, and I had no idea what to expect at this meeting with the executive director. Upon arriving that day, I hadn't done much to prepare, assuming the conversation would be pretty chill, more a getting-to-know-you session. I was taken aback when the director began a formal interview, inquiring about my background and work experience. After finished... After finished with her questions and asked if I had any, she thanked me for my time and began to explain her vision. She shared how she was seeking passionate people with a strong foundation in their faith to help get this agency back to its origins of doing God's work. She then shared that she had not heard anything similar from me and therefore wasn't certain I would be a good match for what the organization needed at that time. I instantly felt judged as not being somewhat of faith. I could feel the cry of the banshee begin to swirl within me as I stumbled over my words to explain how for the last 10 years I had been an HR practitioner where being neutral was a necessity, making no place for my faith to be displayed publicly. However, my faith had always been a guiding force behind all that I had accomplished. And even more so, it was the reason why I created Leadership Arts Associates. Put in its simplest form, I had felt called. For the first time ever in my career, I poured out how my faith facilitated my success and how I believed it had brought me to that moment. The director looked at me as I tried to compose myself, wiping the messy tears that drenched my entire face. Her demeanor completely changed in response. She shared her story of being guided by faith to this moment. It was like we connected almost instantly. She asked if I would be interested in starting on the Faith Relations Committee with the intention of eventually working towards a position on the board. She expressed that she felt this would be the best path for me, a place where I could maximize my impact to the agency. I agreed wholeheartedly trusting her guidance on where I could best help in achieving their mission moving forward. We embraced like close friends 
when saying goodbye and I left at the and I left as the newest member of the Faith Relations Committee. So two things. Number one, I referenced this Cry of the Banshee, which is really big in the book. So if you're curious about what exactly that is, you're going to have to get the book. Um, on top of that, um, this was the first time that I actually said out loud that I thought that my faith interlaced with where I was that day. And... This moment in particular, you know, regardless of what your background is, when someone finally puts it together that they feel called or that they're serving their greatest, greatest, greater purpose, or that they have a greater purpose, or they're living an intention-filled life, an abundant-filled life, I've seen it time and time again with clients. When they put that together, this is what that moment looks like. Regardless, remove if they're going to say faith or God guiding them if it's their internal guide, if it's a higher being, if it's a higher power, if it's just the universe, when they put that together, this is one of those moments. And clearly the executive director that I shared this with had had one as well. Um, And it's probably one of the most beautiful and powerful moments that I have had yet in my life. And if I were to regret or change my past, this moment would not have meant as much. It would not have been as powerful and I would not be who I am today. And it is because of these moments that I have the intimate relationship that I do with my faith and with God. Um, And that's a big part that allows me and empowers me to do the work that I do today. So once again, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed my little excerpt slash story from my book. Um, And I will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.